Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Yeah. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in Outshine. Bitcoins, we got them. Acquire, never sell. But catch us rolling deep like Adele. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrencies. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. Hey, boys and girls. Episode 176 of the Bitcoin Podcast. I am your first host, Marcello. And uh, I'm host number two, D. I'm yawning. I'm host number three, Corey. What was that? I was yawning. Sorry. I was yawning. It was a terrible time to do them. You can't yawn talk. I can do whatever I want. That was very rude. Bring in the energy. (laughs) It's Saturday morning. I'm a little hungover. Yeah, bring the thunder. Dr. Petty. All right. Anyway. Well, while Corey drinks coffee, let me uh, tell you that this episode 176 is brought to you by Bitcoin Interest. It's The number of Bitcoin hard forks in existence today is a lot larger than most people think. So the team behind Bitcoin Interest believes that storing your wealth in Bitcoins translates into missing out on one of the most significant benefits of traditional banking, interest payments, son. Users can now earn interest payments in a decentralized manner by parking their Bitcoin interest or BCI coins for a set period of time. It's still peer-to-peer electronic cash with full decentralization, but it's going to promote holding onto one's coins first and foremost. Bitcoin interest is a frictionless global payment system focusing on three key areas, technology, community, and savings. And another great feature is Bitcoin interest will start off with a much lower mining difficulty than Bitcoin, allowing the miners in our community to benefit from higher rewards. There are still many other special features, and full wallet downloads will be available soon. So to learn more information, please visit bitcoininterest.io. And I can't conclude this very special sponsor announcement without informing you that the Bitcoin interest fork will happen on January the 22nd. Or... At block five zero five zero eight three, again that website is bitcoininterest.io. How did this sponsor sneak through? <laughs> because what <laughs> the fuck do they do? Diggy do. That's my jingle for this week. I looked at it. It seems as though it's basically just a Bitcoin hard fork that has some type of like incentive to hold so they'll like give you back coins if you put it in a special account that just means you're gonna don't you don't have access to it for a long time i hope they don't listen to the show i'm like they i want to blast them do you think yeah. they listen or they don't i, don't think anybody I like listens. them man why what, what's, what's wrong with promoting a, a hot old culture wait a second so they're promoting a fork and then holding on to the they're promoting you hold on to the fork so they make money well Instead of selling it like what should happen every time, I don't know. I Can really you call it a currency if you if if you if if you, if you don't use it? 
Can, that's, here's the talk, topic of the day. Can you call it a currency if you don't use it? I mean, it's an investment no. if you don't cash out. So is Bitcoin a cryptocurrency or is it a crypto store of value? Like, it's a crypto store of value. That's right stupid. Now. That's all stupid. <laughs> all stupid. Uh, here's here's we had a talking point today. It's how not to FOMO. That's what you put in our talking points channel on the Slack. Yeah, that's true. I put that and, in a few nights ago. It's all right. <laughs> how do you do it? Because I even everybody is FOMOing about all the stupid coins that don't exist or don't have anything. Sometimes the because universe gifts you. They're getting like, they're getting waves. Like all of these things that don't have any type of backing or like projects or production or wallets or anything. It's a it's a bunch of promises. Are getting ridiculous evaluations really quickly, and that's what's being talked about, and that's what's being dumped into mm-hmm. across the board. I mean, despite Ether yeah. going to a thousand dollars, no one's talking about anything other than where do I put my money so that I get stupid gains on this thing I don't understand. How do you not do that? How do you not FOMO? Well, Sometimes I mean, the universe gifts you like it gifted me. Because I was hearing like every day I was hearing like Tron, 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 Tron. And then I go on Facebook and it was like Tron, TRX token, TRX. And I was like, what is this? One, I think people have gotten a lot better at marketing because my entire internet is consumed with tokens I give no fucks about. Just consumed. I can't can't do anything. I might just start using BAT just so I can survive on the internet. Like I can't do anything. So then I go look into this TRX token and there is nothing. It's literally vapor. And this one guy is like, oh, I sat down at a table with Jack Maul once, and now I'm making Tron. And he's just, this shit's just blowing up. And who's Jack Maul? For those paper. that don't know, huh? Who's Jack Maul? Jack Maul is the CEO of Alibaba, All right. which is the Amazon of China. All right. Okay. So I'm like, what is all this rumor bullshit? So then I go and I read the white paper, and it is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. It is like, first is the Genesis Awakening phase. And after the Genesis Awakening phase and the particles have been born, it's going into the primordial ooze version. And that's the second stage of the roadmap. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And I can't find anything about this team. So now... The very top, the very top post on ETH Trader says that the Tron founder, Justin Sun, has just sold six billion Tron, uh, speculating a scam exit. Yeah, so that's, his company that's locked up thirty-four billion tokens, and he just sold a fourth of them for a lot of money. I think this is an exciting time where I could be a CEO of a company. I can create a currency. I can inflate that currency. I can hoard it myself. Wait for the value to go up, and then. Like, I can get rich off my own product. How's that exciting? That's terribly fraudulent. Man, like, you guys are, like, letting your ethics get in the way of, like, just exploring the entertainment of the circus. Like, it is an interesting time. You couldn't do that anywhere else. You couldn't be a criminal as well as you can these days? Yes, that is hyper fraud. (laughs) That is as fraudulent. The laws haven't been made yet. I don't. For, for I don't that. care. I don't want to make Dude. a fortune off the backs of making a shitload I'm of not, people. I'm un- not saying like, that. I'm just saying it's interesting that in this point in time you can do that. That's all I'm saying. You're, so, so you're saying as a quiet 
Observer, it's an interesting time we live in that people are doing this crazy thing to to yeah, end I'm up not the ethics in police, prison. man. Like we all know it's it's scumbaggy. I'm just saying it's interesting. Okay. So but there's a lot of people that are getting into this space that don't understand that. Like and that's a problem. Like they're gonna they're gonna put money into these things, these scammy ass projects. And then lose a lot of money, and then that then they're like, oh well, crypto is stupid because it's all scams, and then it delegitimizes a lot of the real stuff that's actually happening in here. And if yeah, and if, yeah, if that, enough that people better opportunities for them to invest smarter and spot a good opportunity and, and learn more. Well, what if what if yeah. the wrong people get that bad t- flavor in their mouth and start putting up regulations against things because all of the experience is scams, and they don't understand that there's real shit going on. There's way more bad than good in this space, so that's a true possibility, and we better hope that doesn't happen. Well, the bad projects outweighs well, the good projects by a shitload. Well, the whole self-regulating thing isn't quite working out, and that's for damn sure. <laughs> no, it's not. Man, I feel like I just feel like we're a hidden nugget because we discussed a lot of heavy shit on this show that people should be like thinking about, and the conversation should be out there, and they're just not like. Self-regulation was a no-go, and we we said it a long time ago, and we talk, used to talk about governance structures a long time ago, and now things are getting to the point where it's almost – it's just – when I saw Tron's white paper and I was reading that last night, I almost threw up in my mouth. Here's I the thing. Like, oh, my God. They are happening. Those things are happening. People are talking about them, but the space has grown so much, and the people – and it's an, it's, it's an attention grab now. You have to find a way to get people's attention because there's so much going on, and the loudest people – end up getting the most attention, especially the ones that are doing things that are media worthy because they're so scammy. Or like, you know, like, you, like they think about all the things that people are talking about and the marketing that went behind them to make people talk about them because mm-hmm. you have to get people's attention because that's the ultimate resource. Mm. Nobody's buying Tron based off the white paper. They're saying, hey, what's the best coin below a dollar that's a coin market cap? That's an interesting uh, topic to bring up because it's it's a it's a false metric that is natural for people to think about when they're getting into these things. Like you, what you, what you're seeing is the evaluation of a single coin in a cryptocurrency network is relative to the total supply and the total amount of money that's been put into that network. Like other money, like like relative money, like U.S. dollars. So, if you pump in a million dollars, but you only have a million coins on that network of to- of a total supply, and you're going to get an evaluation Each of a coin of a yeah, dollar per coin. But if you have thirty billion, then each coin is much much lower than a dollar. And so, but people don't see that. They say, "Oh, I can buy a ton of tokens at point one cent." And it has the possibility to get up to the evaluation of these other coins because they don't understand how any of this works. And so mm-hmm. they put a bunch of money in low evaluation coins. And so that's what new projects are doing is just making a really, really high supply. We're so, in the like reinvented penny stocks stage of oh, crypto, of the crypto economy. So gross. It's, 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 just, like, it's all Backed on ignorance. People don't know what's going on, and they have these natural tendencies to put money in something that they think will be as valuable as Bitcoin one day. 
and they're going to be rich. It's just going to I'm with you now, Corey. I'm I'm in your camp, my ideological side. I put them on the bench for a second and I'm like, this is not this is going to go a bad way if it continues for an entire year. It's going to go a bad way. Well, it's not going to continue for a year. I mean, money is getting pumped in, but there's going to be a lot of like there's there's an some type of impending downfall of some part of this entire community where a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money. That's the only conclusion I could see after not only Tron, there was like three other tokens. I was like, let me just, these keep sliding in my inbox and sliding across my screen. Let me see what these are about. And I went and I was like, they might as well be ran by a fucking team of hippopotami. Is that, is that plural for hippopotamus? Uh, no, I don't think it is. It's hippopotamuses. Hippopotamuses? That's a mouthful. It feels incorrect. No, it's 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 the root of the word. It's not hippos. Hippopotamuses. Anyways, (laughs) it looks like there there might as well have been a team of hippopotamuses. Googling that, running this token. I think it's hippopotami. This could just be a natural progression of technology migration. Like, when did Twitter become the best place to get information? While Facebook is slowly just piece of shit platform nobody cares about facebook anymore but nine I mean, years yeah. ago facebook was the place to be and then it was myspace yeah hippopotamuses yeah. is I, the correct plural hippopotamuses yeah that's who that's so dumb anyways um i see what you're saying cello and you're probably right like this could be an evolution <laughs> in this space one the space didn't exist less than a decade ago so well, there's an aspect yeah, of that. It's, there's 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 an aspect of truth to that, and so that's because if you think if you think about what we're taking over, and I may have mentioned this in the interview, I may have mentioned it somewhere else, but I know I've said it before. But like, what's being disrupted here? It's money, and traditional money. That the evaluation of like we think about traditional money is multiple, multiple, multiple trillions of dollars, like ridiculous amounts of money, and mm-hmm. we're not even as a, an entire space up to one trillion dollars. So eventually, as money shifts from traditional money to this money because it's better, or it could be better, then we're going to get up to evaluations that are at least on the order of magnitude of traditional money. And so like evaluations are not absurd. Like the $100,000 Bitcoin isn't absurd at all. Yeah, but... It's just a matter of like getting there in a healthy way that allows you to continue to use this stuff because it's so new that as the evaluations go higher, they get harder to actually use. Like Mm -hmm. try taking your money out of Bitcoin. If you have a significant amount of money, try try taking it out. Try try logging on to an exchange right now. Figgity, figgity fees, figgity fees, figgity fees. Well, you're (laughs) also limited. You can only take so much at a time. And you're going to have a bad time. And, Try signing up for an exchange right now. Good luck. Yeah, and that's not even using this 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 technology correctly. That's using someone else who's using the technology for you. Yeah. Oh, should should I tell the like cash it now to pay my loans story, or are we running out of time? Probably running out of time. Let's save it. Let's save Save that one for the next one. Well, um, we got an interview. Shall I'll let you introduce. I'll let you do your thing. 
Yeah. Uh, during the Five Timers Club, Jeremy Epstein comes by for the oh. fourth time, I think. Did we get him a golden jacket? He's got to get to five. Yeah. Oh. He's almost there. Okay. I think it's four. Four times. But he hasn't been on in a while. He came sorry, on three Jeremy. times in like close succession, and then he went and conquered the world and came back and um, good conversation. It's oh, very energetic. That sounds so slight. This... He went and took over the planet. Came <laughs> <laughs> he's been he's been busy. He'll say that much, and yeah, I know it's a it's a very long, energetic interview, and it's fun. I enjoyed I enjoyed this one. Well, without further ado, here's Jeremy Epstein. Sorry, I missed you again, Jeremy, but I will catch you for episode five, and I'll have your golden jacket. All right, here it is. Uh, today's guest is the always welcomed. Five star marketer, Mr. Jeremy Epstein, who is the uh, CEO of Never Stop Marketing, uh, an international consulting firm that has served many Fortune 500 clients. And since the last time he was here, he's joined Papyrus, IOTA, Advisory Board. I'm sure many more to come. If I missed any, I'm sorry. You've just been super busy. Uh, before we before we get to it, I, I want people to be familiar with his trips to the Crypto Valley in Switzerland that he leads as part of the Crypto Explorers Association. But by the time you listen to this episode, sorry, it's sold out. But he does it every quarter that so you can get in line. Um, Jeremy, Happy New Year, man. What's What's been going on? What's new? Happy New Year, man. It's It's been great. It's It's been a while since we chatted. A, the world has totally flipped on its head, so I'm eager to hear what's on your guy's mind. Oh, man. Like what? <laughs> That's... Man. Should I go first quarter? Or you yeah, go? sure. Enjoy. <laughs> okay. Um... Well, you, when I when I talk to Jeremy, all I can think about is like this is my opportunity to talk about marketing with someone who actually gets marketing, so, and that's what gets me excited. So, what I've been just anxious to talk to you about is this B cash thing because, dude, uh, Bitcoin Cash. You don't want Roger Ver as your enemy. Come on. That I keep telling Dimitrik that all the time, but he nah, keeps, I don't care. Like, him. Yeah, he can be my <laughs> enemy. I don't care. I poke the bear, man. You don't need to make enemies. Just call it Bitcoin Cash. You care. <laughs> But, but here, here's my deal from a branding perspective, because now you have to convince people that this new product is worth more than nine-year-old recognized Bitcoin. The, there's coins that are cheaper and faster than both Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and, and didn't succeed in this mission after years. So, you know, branding is an issue. And that, right. and, I, I stand corrected. You are totally receiving man. The students become the teacher. You're totally right. And it yeah. is. Bcash versus Bitcoin Cash is a deliberate branding and positioning effort by roger ver and that's why that video is so powerful because the other guy was basically denying the brand platform that roger was trying to establish you nailed absolutely. it absolutely yeah. yeah and uh and frankly you know, i saw a cash then because that's where i fall in this thing <laughs> oh for sure and you know in regards to the the largest competitor on brand bitcoin it's clear that like they're all in on on segwit and lightning network for solving the problems but Segwit has a very low adoption, and Lightning Network adoption might not go any faster. So it, it's also not tested in a real-world environment where people are willing to put the real money in opening channels. And if they were going to scale on chain, they would have done it by now. So you know, it's a great question. Like I, I, I've talked to like Eric Lombroso once for like 30, 40 minutes. I don't know too many. Maybe I've talked to one of the two other core guys. I certainly don't know them to the level that like. 
Brian Hoffman at OB under, knows them, or Zuko probably knows them, or all those guys. I mean, I talk to them, and they talk to Core. The thing about Core that I don't fully understand is, like, you know, whereas Roger, you know, and Roger was the opening act in the book that I wrote, speaking of a year ago, in Block Blockchains in the Mainstream, where we had 33 of, like, the biggest names. You go back, you should look who the names are in there, which I'm super excited about. But also, like, it'd be interesting to see who called it, because none of them called this speed, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting. But Roger was in there. Eric Voorhees was in there. You know, William Mugiar is in there. Uh, Joel Manegro is in there. You know, um, a whole bunch of, of super Jeff Garzik's in there, right? A lot of the big names in the space. And it's interesting. Now, Roger, to his credit, is very clear about, like, what's important to him. He's like, look, look at the white paper, man. It's called peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. It's not called peer-to-peer -peer digital gold. It's called peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. So you may not like it. You may not agree with it. You might say, look, Satoshi is a lot, you know, didn't say you must follow it. Like there's a decentralized thing. It's, that's the way it works. And if we decide, hey, the peer-to-peer -peer cash isn't the way to go, the gold is the way to go, that's fine. But Core's kind of said that, but not really said that. And they're sort of saying, look, you know what? We're content. They haven't, I mean, Roger's been very clear. He's like, I'm going with cash, that's a vision. Core kind of just sort of says, by not saying, but basically not increasing the block size, not pushing the SegWit adoption. It's basically like, we're content to have $50 transaction fees because we believe that basically it's store of value. That you're going to transfer a million dollars overseas. You don't care about paying a $50 transaction fee. And the fact is they're right. You don't care about paying a $50 transaction fee if you're if you're sending a million dollars overseas. The challenge I think that Core has right now is like they don't really have an answer for, you know, how do we solve the, the in out? Like at a certain point, like there's only a certain number where that's okay. So like until we get to that steady state of whether it's the Wences Bitcoin's worth a million dollars, you know, John McAfee, I'll eat my dick at half a million dollars, you know, whatever. There's a threshold. Like I'm in the, you know, if if this thing doesn't blow up, um, I'm in the it's a six figure thing somewhere between, you know, I sort of say like 250, but you know, I don't know anything more mm -hmm. than anybody else does, right? But the challenge for me is, I think the thing is. You still need that if Bitcoin becomes the law is sorry is the longest chain the most secure chain you know and it's this, as John Light calls it like the tr the trust layer and that's why the electric elect, um, electricity consumption isn't an issue because this isn't about just like replacing Visa this is how much are you willing to spend to keep trust on the planet well that's a lot of electricity because that's really really valuable no oh, by the way with solar and wind it's going to get cheaper anyway so it's okay but. You have that trust layer at the core, but then there's that transactional level. It's like, no, we should be able to ultimately realize Satoshi's vision of the peer-to-peer -peer stuff, and that's where Lightning has to come in. But if Lightning doesn't come in, then people are like, dude, just to have this? Like, okay, it's niche. I don't really need, like, then I can start looking at altcoins. Like, that's my take on it. I have no idea. I'm curious what you guys think. There's there's a lot to unpack there. Um all right, I get excited. <laughs> First off, like the second layer technologies don't work if you use, like, say, yeah, paying or having global trusts on your on your donut transaction, not that big of a deal. You don't need right. that, right? And so there's certain types of payments, certain things you would do that you don't care if the whole world agrees that you made that payment. And right. it's valuable to have that type of thing. You should probably pay for that type of global trust. But 
The problem is at this current state of things, it's a big caveat at the current state of things, you right. can't build second layer technologies that enable those types of things that use the global trust as an anchor. Right. For sure. At, at, at the cost of anything below two transactions, at least in terms of Lightning Network. I, if I, I'm never going to open a payment channel between you if every time we have to write to the chain, it's 50 bucks. And I'm just like, dude, I'm paying you back for dinner. Like, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> never that's never going to be a thing. So right. What, right. what happens is you end up moving all of those use cases to different chains completely that have lower, like lower fee structures. Here's the thing. If Bcash or Bitcoin Cash is trying to take that niche as something that's a peer-to-peer electronic cash system, yeah. how does it compete with the ridiculous amount of newcomers about the same age of it that can do things probably better and faster than Bitcoin but Cash can? You mentioned some of the, the people I work with, like Zcash is one of the projects that I, I support, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a perfect example. Like, I'm like, or Litecoin, like, why should I choose Bcash over Litecoin over Zcash, and when, by the way, Zcash has all the, the encryption stuff that you're going to believe us, you're going to want <laughs> once yeah. you realize that blockchains aren't anonymous, they're pseudonymous. You don't need everybody to know everything you do all the time. And that's why the shield of transactions in Zcash are so potentially powerful and transformative. You may not need to put everything in a Zcash wallet, but you're going to want to have a nice chunk of it because, and especially if you live in a place like Venezuela or China or Russia or whatever, you definitely want that, right? So you're going to need that. So I think that's an amazingly important question. And also the part I don't think the answer is, okay, let's say you do it. Don't you run into the block size problem? Just you're kicking it down the road. You might have eight megabucks, but at a certain point, like you have the exact same issue that we had. And then you really go to the centralization because what are you going to have like 200 gig blocks and then you have like three people on the planet who can actually mine that i don't know i mean it just seems questionable to me but i don't know yeah i think that's what's interesting too because there's there's no commercials for litecoin there's no radio ads for bitcoin so everything is is driven by due diligence so why do people pledge allegiance to a certain cryptocurrency what would an individual gain from supporting a specific coin unless they're somehow profiting from transaction fees it's this Uh, weird You're right. Like that's an important point that I was thinking about. Like just the other day, is you have this weird cultish fanaticism that you see with like you know people supporting their local football team of like for it's it's you're getting in or like attaching yourself to something and getting emotional about it without really like taking an objective viewpoint. Like people are rationally emotional about their particular coin, and with this, you're actually like. You're changing the way you move your money or holding your money in a specific way to then support that thing. And I argue, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you could lose your wealth if you're wrong. It's like, what? It seems dumb to back something purely emotionally with all of your money. But that's what we're seeing in a good portion of at least like where you can consume news and media and forums. Okay. I'm going to unpack that because you made a, as usual, I love talking to you guys. It's like, so compared to like, seriously, I probably get like 15 to 20, like inbound, like ICO or whatever conversations a week. So like 75 to 80% of them are just total nonsense. Like just not well thought out, not like 
I told you my all-time favorite is the guy who wanted to do the $12.5 million ICO for the translation of a Bollywood movie's Hindi into English. (laughs) I was like, you know, I don't understand enough about this space, so maybe there's something there, but my gut feeling says the world's not quite ready for that one. You know? So... Like, and so, so most of my day, not most, a decent chunk of my day is like weeding through all this garbage and trying to find like the really transformative stuff out there. So it's really refreshing for me to talk to guys like you who are like, okay, I'm not going to go around saying, yeah, it makes total sense that Ripple's worth like $300 billion. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to buy more. And I'm like. I'm already like I'm watching and it's these people who've been in for like two months, like psychologists from Santa Fe who are like hippies telling me NEM's really valuable. I'm like, look, I've talked to them. <laughs> They're really smart. You don't know what NEM does. Um, I like the NEM guys, but they basically have like and I and I think they have a really innovative approach. Let me be very clear. Like I think they're not stupid, but at the same time, like they have one project of consequence at the moment that's being built on their platform and you know that's great but that one project doesn't equate to like 12 billion dollars worth of network value at this stage of the game no matter and they know that i'm sure they know that you know and everybody knows and that's fine so all these but meanwhile there's like psychologists from santa fe is like dude it's all about nem like i'm buying that and i'm like you don't even know what nem does why it's like but he's like well it's in the top 10 on coin market cap so that must be where the smart money is and i'm like what like no. the smart money left a long time ago like you're you're not the smart money man if you're reading about this in the new york times you're not the smart money like i'm sorry but meanwhile his portfolio returns over the last three months like dwarf mine because i'm like i can't even judge I, I got out of ripple at like i mean i bought it really really early and i got out at 40 like 40 cents and my returns were astronomical i'm like on any other planet those would have been great except for this one where i'm like oh crap of course <laughs> yeah like, what a dumb on? trade i only got four thousand percent returns i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, four thousand percent return in like six months like yeah you know that's not good enough like what are you talking about right so so it's like it's really kind of humbling because you're like and he's like oh BT, you know, he goes, Bitcoin's a dinosaur. Like, it's totally out there. I'm like, what? Like, you have no idea what you're, you literally have no idea what you're talking about, but yet you're confident. And you've been doing this for like two months. And, mm-hmm. and, and, but the point is, you look at his returns and I'm like, oh my God, maybe I am the idiot. Like, maybe, I, like, it's, it's just like, okay, objectively speaking, over the last quarter, you're crushing me. You are absolutely obliterating me. But I'm like, how is it possible? You have no idea what proof of work is, Merkle trees, hash rates, whatever, but yet you're confident telling me that NEM is the is the coin of the future? Like, how is that possible? But that's let me let me, let me tell you something. Part. What? Go ahead. It, 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 that's going to end soon where you can just look at the top 10 coins in coin market cap and throw money in it. That's going to end soon, so don't worry about it. Well, here's the no, thing I with all of this, right? Like, one. It comes back to Corey's point, though. Corey, you said something really important, but I think there are two sides of it. Because you're saying that people are driven purely emotionally into this space. And and you are 100% right about this. The Santa Fe dude, FOMO, is sky high. Like my brother-in-law, who I tried to get into Bitcoin when it was like two grand back in July, is now like, Jeremy, I'm kicking myself. And two of my <laughs> it's actually It's actually good for family reunions because my mother-in-law is like, wow, everyone's telling me how smart you are. I'm like, I've been telling you this for all this time. You didn't listen. You know? <laughs> so, 
it's great. So it's good at family reunions as now I think I'm smart, but they didn't. So they're like, oh, I'm getting in now. And my friend are telling me I should buy Monero Dash. And I'm like, what are you like? What are you doing, man? Like, you have no idea. But that's and that's a nice chunk of the market. But here's the secret sauce, man. The coins that are going to survive the coming nuclear winter that you just said it's going to happen, Marcel, and I think you're totally right. The only question is whether it'll be tomorrow or like three years from now because dumb money is a way of keep going. But fine. Like, we all know that at some point, like, there's no way this continues. It just doesn't defies all. It's IPO on steroids from 1999 and then some, right? It's And I don't know, Tulip or whatever. It's all that rolled into one with a crypto 24-7 thing. It's like legalized gambling at a global 24-7 scale. But the ones that I think are going to survive the nuclear winter when everybody, when, when the newbies freak out because things start plummeting, like we saw with Bitcoin like a couple of weeks ago, that was very stressful, you know, um, when those guys get out and when everybody starts pulling back the covers and they're like, wait a second, what is actually happening? I mean, there are projects like go look at Jackson Palmer's video where he talks about Dogecoin, right? This guy, he's so damn good. He's like, look, I invented Dogecoin basically as a joke. We haven't updated the code in like two years, but yet it's up like eight gajillion percent. And he's like, I'm the guy who invented this, and I'm telling you, this doesn't make sense. Like, like even like, <laughs> and, and good up to him. He's just like, this is stop everybody, right? But here's what's gonna happen. You're going to have the there's going to be a next wave of serious crypto asset investors like the people who read Chris Berniski's stuff, right? The people who I just bought his book, I'm working my way through it. I highly recommend if you want to understand crypto asset valuations, just read everything Chris Berniski writes. Like that's as easy as it gets and he's just he's so damn good. It's like you're like I'm like on a daily basis like if I could do like 1/100th of that quality, like I'm set for life. You know? That's how good the guy is, right? So so I think what's going to happen is you're going to get them like after these speculator Santa Fe hippie people freak out and leave, then they're going to be like, OK, we don't need 27 like next Ethereum versions. We don't need 45 different, you know, cryptocurrency, you know, Bcash versus Zcash. We don't need all that. Right. We need a few. So the question is, which ones are going to work and why? So they're going to look at a couple things. They're going to look at which teams have been delivering product and development over the last year or so, fine. They're gonna be like, they're gonna look at the token economics and be like, do these really offer the circular economy potential that they should? They're gonna look at the, the state of the technology, like, is this actually doing what they're saying? It's gonna do, can it do their vision? They're gonna look at the governance model, Tezos being like example number one of why this thing's all messed up, right? And they're gonna look at the community, right? And here's the thing about community. You talk to people. I had great talks today. I talked to Aragon today. I talked to RSK today. I talked to Kick today. And I talked to, um, who else? oh, I talked to ARK today, or ARK, however you pronounce it. And I talked to someone else. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, RSK, whatever. But the RSK guys were like, look, and all of them, they're like, we know we can't do this without a community. Like, and the community, here's the thing about the community. The community has two parts. It has the developers who are building the projects on top of it. They're going to add the value. Fantastic. And it has, it comes down to the passionate believers, right? The people who are like, I'm going to hodl. I don't care what the price is. I'm going to hodl, right? And those community people, here's the thing about them. That's not a financial decision. That's an emotional decision, okay? You need the financial and logical component behind it that says, here's why it's secure. Here's why proof of work is ultimately better than proof of stake. Here's why you want it smaller blocks because it's decentralized. That's the logical argument. 
But you need that emotional connection like you have your football team. You need both. That's the marketing of this thing, of all of these. So the projects that figure out how do we figure out what is our purpose, what is our reason for being, what is the why, are going to strike the emotional chord with all of the serious crypto people like yourselves and hopefully everyone listening here. And you're going to be like, hmm, that feels right to me. And then you're going to say, but I'm also a smart guy because you're in crypto and I'm not going to do something stupid. And then you're going to look under the hood and be like, does the technology exist? Is the team or the tokens? You're like, this seems pretty solid. And then you're going to have both. So you're right. What's happening now is purely emotional. There's no logic whatsoever, which is why it's crazy. But it, but the purely logical ones are not going to be able to withstand the nuclear winter. Why? Because the prices are going to drop for all this stuff. I think I, so that's I, 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 you want the people who hodl, even if it goes down to 1.01 cent, because they believe in the mission and they're like, okay, I'm going to hang on for now. I know it's going to be bad. Just like those people hung on to Bitcoin after Mount Gox for what, two, three, four years at all costs. That's, but you can't do that unless you fundamentally believe. Now, four years ago after Mount Gox, it was Bitcoin or nothing. So you either believed in crypto or you didn't. Easy. Now it's, I've got 55,000 coins to choose from. So I'm going to pick the ones that are aligned both logically and emotionally because I get greater satisfaction. And the emotional attachment is what allows you to withstand the massive drops. As painful as Bitcoin's thing was last couple of weeks, and believe me, there were moments where I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, you know what? I still fundamentally believe in this Bitcoin digital gold proof of work thing. Like it just still makes sense. And I, and every, and these Santa Fe therapists are telling me how stupid I am for thinking Bitcoin. And I'm just like, you might be right, man. And I'm not to say it's Bitcoin only. Like there are plenty of other alt use cases that I, like Zcash is one of them. Like I'm working, I'm, I've got a few other advisory relationships that I'm super, super gung ho on. And you know, I, you can go on my website, I'm full disclosure about all this and we can plug them all here until the cows come home kind of thing. You know, so I think there are plenty of those. There's more than one. It's not just one blockchain to rule them all, which is why the interoperability is cool, but we'll leave that aside, you know, but among you don't need all 55,000 so you want all of that in order and that is what the marketing is about in fact that's the ebook i'm working on right now about decentralized marketing we've got 15 of the top marketers from like out of the top 100 cryptocurrencies i've got like 15 of them contributing on what do you do to be successful as a marketer in this decentralized world so that's the ebook hopefully we'll launch it in february march time frame um and then you'll be able to, like, it's, here's my thoughts, but more importantly, here are the guys on the front lines from places like Dash and Stellar and, you know, Storage and who else do we have in there? Um, like Waves, sorry, Wings and, you know, a few of the other ones that we're going to have, Aragon, those guys. Yeah. Then you'll be like, okay, that's going to help me. But they're starting to think about the marketing in terms of these two things, because if you put them together, that's gonna what's gonna allow you to have that community of passionate believers. I mean, a great example is go to IOTA, man. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop you for a second. This, this Sorry. is. Sorry. I gotta, I gotta interject because this is there's there's a problem here with what marketers are doing right now, and you okay. may be you may be able to like tell me I'm wrong or full of shit or maybe I'm, I'm completely right here. It's like they're they're overselling the irrational emotionality first. They're getting those people to 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 care about their coin based on promises they probably can't give. They can't they can't succeed because there's simply not enough developers to 
do the things that they say they want to do in the entire space right now, or even over the next couple of years. And so what's happening is like, you're right. You need both of those things in order to keep people with you when things go down. The ones that rise through the ashes are the ones that have both sides, the irrational, the emotional people and the people that also believe in the technicalities because they've provided the, you know, constant production. I'm saying it's the same person and you need to give that person both reasons. I know, but right now, what you're seeing in the entire across the entire space, almost sans a small percentage of of networks, is the, an overabundance of irrational emotionality with nothing to show for it. There's no reason for it. Dude, not, I have to tell you why that's happening. There's a wall of money that of yes. of like ridiculous gains because you know a rising tide raises all ships, and the oh, waves are going to move the small ships much, much, much more. And for some reason or another, the overall trend is up for now. So people are kind of overconfident in their decision making when their portfolio reads so wonderful. Well, I mean, a hundred percent right. And when you said waves, you weren't talking about the token. You were talking. I was about not. The, I like waves. It's a platform. Yeah, waves is a great platform. But what I'm saying is, you're a hundred percent right. Okay. Here's the challenge. I think the reason you're saying you're right, except for a few networks, those are the networks that I would start looking at. Who are the people? And I'll, you know, I've already disclosed my relationship, but I would argue that Zcash is one of them. Okay. Look at the networks where they're not like, it's all about the coin. It's all about the coin. It's about the mission. And here's how we're going to do it. And we're focused on it. And there are a few of those open Bazaar is another one, you know, I'm related. I, I work with those guys. Like you see there, here's the thing though. You're saying, and you're right. All these people are – all the marketers right now are hyping the coin. But here's the problem, and this is my – I've told you – I think I've told you this before, so tell me to shut up. I tell this to everybody. Here's the fundamental problem with marketing, okay? The fundamental problem is broken down into three components. Part one is everybody on the planet, everybody, you guys, me, everybody needs marketing help. Everybody. Universal demand, okay? Number two is – Everybody has experience with marketing. So we all think we're experts. Oh, I saw the Super Bowl ad, so I have an opinion. It's like saying I saw the violin play. Now I can you know, go to the Kennedy Center or Lincoln Center. Sorry, it doesn't quite work that way, right? And number three is there's no barrier to entry to becoming a marketer, right? You just You don't go to Harvard Medical School. You just say, I'm a marketer. And so there's like <laughs> unlimited supply and infinite. What are you trying to say? <laughs> what I'm saying is 98% of the people who say I'm a marketer basically do it for a paycheck. They're not like the students of the game. They're not the people who say, oh, you know, it wasn't the running back who made the play. It was the fact that the you know the tight end took out the linebacker. That's a very small cadre. So what the 98% do because they're just doing it for the money is they go with the easy way out. And they're like, oh, people are crazy now? I'm just going to hype bullshit. I don't care if you believe me because I'm just going to be like, hey, look at me. I got us all. And I'm not thinking about the long haul. I'm a short term because like I'm not – this is not what I do. I just do it to basically manipulate you. It's shitty and sucks for everybody who loves marketing as like a craft. You know, They're abusing it. So they're like, wow, people are getting excited about Bitcoin. You know what they said? I had my brother-in-law. He's a periodontist come to me and he's like – you know, um, I, I think so. I opened. He's like, I finally opened an account at Coinbase. He's like, I decided I wasn't going to buy Bitcoin. I was going to buy Litecoin. I said, really? Why is that? He goes, well, you know, 
I, I feel like I missed the Bitcoin rally. And I read this article that said that the guy who invented Litecoin is like the the next big thing. And, and that's where it seems like I should do it. So I'm going to go buy Litecoin. And I'm like, you have absolutely no idea what Litecoin does, like, or why it even matters, whatever. He's like, no, no, you're right, but that's it's okay. I'm just going to get it. I'm like, oh. And then meanwhile, Charlie's like, I'm selling all my coins. I'm like, if a CEO of a company was like, I'm selling all my stock, like, how much confidence would you have? And like, it's okay for him to have a vested interest. Like, he's in charge. Like, that's what we want. We actually want you to have a vested interest because then you stay committed, right? So, like, the marketing is like, oh, well, Litecoin's going to be the next thing. She should Oh, no, no, it's not Litecoin. It's going to be, you know, pick Verge or whatever. It's not that I endorse them because I don't, you know. It's going to be this. It's gonna, and then it just makes its way down the coin market cap list because everyone's like, oh, well, it's working for those guys. So we can go do that too. And that's just lazy, lazy marketing who are thinking, I'm just going to do this. But they don't realize is they're going to get their ass kicked when everybody starts flying away because the story's not going to hold when people pull back and they're like, oh, shit, this, like, there's nothing here. And you're like, yeah, sorry, man. It's like the emperor has no clothes. And then they're going to sell. And then because you haven't done the real work of marketing, which is building the relationship with your audience, communicating your value proposition, understanding their core motivations, telling your story, giving them a reason to believe in you in the long term as opposed to speculate on you in the short term, in the short term, you look like a genius, but in the long term, you're going to get absolutely hammered. And that's I, you see it. That's my take on it. Can I challenge that? Because Please, it, 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 the, the space the space moves so quick, and I, I I know Corey has some disdain for kind of the way I I look at marketing, but I think the short term works because the the be the first on your block mentality is going to effectively appeal to the emotional trigger of leadership. Many consumers want to feel cool, trendy, first on the block. So it would be wise to ensure that their marketing strategy is going to create emotional bonds with their target market, even if it's short term. And I tell Corey this all the time, that a brand is nothing more than a mental representation of a product in a consumer's mind. And if that representation consists only of attributes, features, and under information, there's no emotional links. Corey cares because he's a builder and he wants to develop. But a lot of these people that are looking at these coins, they want to get in at Ripple at, at three cents and feel like a leader and watch their gains. And I think that is the best way right, right. now in this space to create will, that emotional I brand. Saying, and I'm going to challenge you right back. I love half of what you said. I totally agree with, which is the brand is the, the uh, is the reputation of the product representation of the product. Right. You're hundred percent right about that. I totally agree. Where I disagree with you is what you're saying is, Hey, I want to be the leader, right? I want to be in at three three cents and tell everyone what. But you know what this? That's marketing a fad, okay? Fad. Think about all the fads you've seen over the course of your life. How many of them have staying power? Like I just wrote this thing. Like how many people? Like it's the difference between the people who have Harley Davidson tattoos on their biceps and the people who have you know Galaga or Nina Cherry tattoos on their biceps. You know how many people there are with that? None, because those were fads. Harley Davidson. <laughs> is a brand it's like it's a belief it's a way of life so in the show if if you're saying to me i'm looking at things in a month or two month time frame and it's just like hey i want to be the coolest and just shoot to the tops sure do that you might win in the short term you might be like the one hit wonder of the ama music billboard charts or whatever fine if that's your entire goal be my guest do it have fun with it Make your money, go off, retire, 
adds zero value. But if you're thinking, you know what? I want to be the guy who puts a dent in the universe and I real or the gal and I want to change the world and I'm going to do this. And that's what I love about Brian Hoffman and then Zuko Wilcox and some of these guys that work with. Like if Bitcoin's a, th a dollar or Bitcoin's a million dollars, you know what? They're still doing the exact same thing they're doing right now. Okay. And those are the people who over the long haul are the ones, they don't, they don't guarantee success because there's plenty of other stuff you have to do. But they're the ones who really, really change the world. So fine, you wanted to hang on with the people who are just in it for like a super quick buck. And there's nothing wrong with making money, man. I'm a capitalist. I'm totally cool with that, right? There's nothing wrong with making money. But the way you make money is by saying, how do I deliver a ton of value to people where they're happy to give it to more? That's how you build a sustainable network. And if you believe in this stuff, that's what you do. And sure, all these people are going to jump on the bandwagon. And some of them are going to make a lot of money. Okay. That's part of the deal. But in the long run, if you think as a marketer and you think about a visionary founder, I'm, I don't know, dude, I'm older. I have less hair than you. I'm definitely not as handsome as you, but and I'm probably not as smart as you. But in my experience, having seen this, it's like those are the guys who really kind of make it happen over the long run and they're they have wikipedia pages on them and they're not footnotes of history here's the here's the disconnect that i see between these two arguments almost it's okay. it's it's uh there's a large percentage of people in the space right now maybe i'm wrong about this that don't understand what they're putting money into and sure. there's a lot of marketers out there who are behind really good projects that may not be changing the way they market based on this large percentage of people because they don't want to cater to these, to these people, which could have a large conversion of like really emotional adopters because by nature, these people who are throwing money at things they don't understand are automatically emotional about things, which could lend to like your legion if you need one. And there's a lot of scammy projects that are solely marketing to these people because they know they're going to get the adoption. So should other people change the way they market things to capture this audience or should they not care because the audience probably shouldn't be here in the first place? That's a great question. Um, I, I think you could, maybe I'm naive, definitely possible. And there are moments where you just have to roll up your sleeve and be pragmatic about stuff. Cause you got to keep, you know, you got to keep, if you if if your if your tokens worth zero, your project's dead. So you gotta keep some momentum going, and sometimes whatever. I'm not like a purist, like jihadist on this. Thing. <laughs> a maximalist, <laughs> if you will. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a maximalist. Exactly. Not. There's multiple marketing blockchains, right? So and they interoperate with each other. Um, so I think. So here's. So. There are the new scammy projects that have come into the space that basically are like, you know, we'll just take who's ever money and we don't care. We'll disappear. So screw you. They're just con artists. Okay, fine. That's part of it. Okay. Then you have the OG blockchain, Bitcoin or whatever, crypto people who are like, hey, you know what? These guys are idiots. I don't want to market to them. You know, I don't want to um, be associated with them because they're like morons and they're just throwing any money. Okay, that's an approach. I think that's that's to your point might may be dangerous because there's not enough 
other people who are pure crypto people who are just going to give them enough money over the long haul, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe, and this is a great question, now that you're asking me, I'm thinking out loud, but maybe the answer is, okay, given this whole like, um, you know, mass migration, you know, what is that on Emma Lazarus poem at the bottom of the statue? Your, your unwashed matches yearning, yearning to breathe free, but it's your unwashed matches yearning to invest in crypto kind of thing, right? You come in, it's like, okay, you guys have no idea what you're doing, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to help you understand why. If you're just going to throw money at something and you're just like, I don't know what to do, but I want to do it, I'm going to give you a differentiating reason beyond some sort of outlandish claim that's actually going to be supported by reality. So coming back to Zcash, I don't know if you saw like the six-page spread in Fortune magazine about Zuko Wilcox. Read that, man, and you tell me if this is a guy who is not trying to reach out to that new group of people, but differentiate on a purpose-driven platform, okay? Because you're saying, look, I get that you don't understand it, but I'm gonna tell you, this is a place for you to put your money. So if you at least give yourself the illusion that you're gonna throw money, but at least you have one reason that's logical. So you're like, okay, so now you're like, okay. And you can feel a little more confident and excited about it. So maybe what he's doing, and since I'm involved, I guess I can tell you that is sort of what we're doing, right? Is like, maybe it's like, help, okay, you know, preach to the converted and the OGs and go to the unwashed masses people and say, all right, you know what? Some of you just don't care at all. But for those of you who are like trying to get educated, let me tell you about why this thing's going to be, and it's called, he's, you know, the article was called, this man is building a better Bitcoin or the next Bitcoin or something like that, because obviously that's going to work for the audience. Fine. Don't go get offended about the Bitcoin thing. It's, that's market. <laughs> you got to put an article that's, you know, the headline's going to sell. You need a so, little bit of a clickbaity title. <laughs> yeah, well, but dude, but, but, that, but that's where I'm not a market. That's not where I'm a maximalist. It's a little clickbaity. It's not totally disingenuous, but it's like, you know, it's like I said, when I started this process, I could not go to people and say I was going to help, you know, I told people I was um, doing marketing for blockchain companies, Okay. Now, you and I both know these aren't companies and they don't all use blockchains. But I can't go to my, you know, the CMO, the CXO summit with 500 people at Microsoft, get up in front of a room and saying, um, I'm providing marketing advisory service to decentralized crypto, you know, token economics based decentralized projects. They'll be like, I have no idea what you just said. So you have to kind of narrow it down to like blockchain company, which equals decentralized you know, token-based project. But until the world's ready for that, if you get too far ahead, and this is the challenge for marketers, is if you get too far ahead, if you don't adjust to the changing times, which is those maximalist marketers out there, you miss a lot of opportunity. And if you get too far ahead of the market, people are like, I can't figure out what you're talking about. So one of the art and sciences is how do you figure out, how do you stay just head, uh, ahead enough of the market so that you seem edgy and cutting and sort of like, oh, that's cool, but also grounded in your principles at the same time. So you don't lose the support of the OG people who you also need because they're like your biggest, you know, core of believers. So you need to be, and that messaging, that storytelling, that brand, that positioning, like that's the, that's the really hard part. And that's the capital M marketing that most people don't do, they don't study it, they don't think about it because they're just like, oh, I'm just going to push out ads and emails and stuff like that. You, know, you need to do that, but you have to do the heavy duty 
infrastructure stuff. You have to you have to do all this stuff that you have to write the code and the protocol for your marketing so that you can log, launch your Genesis block, you know, if you will, and then build off of it from there. All right, dude, you guys caught me. I was all jacked up today. I don't know why. So I apologize for going on and on. No. <laughs> um, I, I guess before we wind down, I, I just want to say, so the, the challenge that I brought up earlier, I hope that doesn't lessen your opinion of me. All, oh, all I was saying, are you kidding? I, I was just talking about, uh, I know it's a little scumbaggy to, to word it that way. I was just talking about the instant gratification because messages that cater to a sense of urgency are well received. And look, I'll tell you, I bought Tron last night. Spoiler alert. I don't know what Tron does. But I my money. <laughs> Sorry. But messages that make people like me feel in control and that I'm first on the block. It's powerful. And, and uh, you, you know, 96% of blockchain startups are going to fail. And I agree with you hundred percent, Jeremy, that a lot of the reasons that's going to happen is because probably appealing the scumbag consumers like me. Here's the problem I'm glad that you're, uh, you're you associated can't... with uh, companies and, and doing things the right way. So tip my hat well, to you. First of all, thank you. But first of all, we need to have some ground rules. If I'm ever invited, if I ever have the honor of being invited back to your show, which is dude, when you challenge me, it's not like I don't have, first of all, I don't have all the answers. Second of all, like we're equals. We're both looking at this. When you challenge me, you're basically saying, dude, I, I want, I'm trying to think like a student of the game. Like that's the beauty of it. You're asking the questions and like, I don't, I'm, I might be wrong. Like there's no, and it's not even, it's, it's the, it's in the dialogue that we get to that clarity. So please don't ever say like you have to pop. Like, of course, my respect, my impression of you actually went up, not down. Dude, you're, that's amazing. It was a really insightful question. Number one. Number two is it's so funny. You talk about Tron. So like you, I was looking at all of this stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. I should just throw some money in these. Like, what the hell? Like, it's basically I'm in Vegas, right? Like, like okay, I'm going to keep a bit, but I'll take some ETH and I'll be like, all right, let's just go to the craps table and see what happens, right? Whatever. So I was actually in LA. My family and I went on vacation between Christmas and New Year's. We were in LA and I called a good friend of mine on it. I call people on their, birth, on their birthdays and I called a friend of mine. His birthday happens to be December 31st. He actually lives in LA. I didn't see him. And he knew I'd been in crypto for a long time, whatever. He's like, you know, Jeremy, I just got involved with Tron. I was like, you know, I've heard of Tron, but I have absolutely no idea what they do. So he proceeds to tell me that there's like this, I, I don't, I still don't fully understand, but it's basically like yet another blocked Ethereum, NEM kind of Neo, EOS kind of play. Okay, fine. But here's the unique marketing angle that convinced me like, that it was worth investing in, okay? And and again, it could be just me being feeling like an idiot for missing out the eight gajillion percent on every single thing every single day because I just don't even know what to do and I can't justify buying Stellar or Dash at these prices because I'm just like, doesn't make sense to me. But I felt bad. So I'm, he's like, look, there's a movie, which you guys may know, called Tron, right? Now, this movie came out like, 1985 i feel like i was like 10 or something like that right mm -hmm. um and then apparently it was real but there's this worldwide community of tron enthusiasts who are like hardcore it's like you know people who are passionate about star wars or star trek but for tron right so basically what they're figuring out how to do is how do you take this tron community who are naturally motivated by tron stuff and connect it somehow to the Tron blockchain and or whatever those guys do, and basically get that community of Tron believers to invest in the Tron <laughs> network and get the token. And I'm just like, well, 
if you can actually pull that off, which is a like that's like you thought very clearly about. And this guy, his he is a professional storyteller. Like he's still learning about crypto. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy. But like, it's it's the kind of crazy target market that is just like enough that I'm like. Wow, if they could actually figure out how to get this highly networked people of passion who are passionate about this Tron movie, which I remember from like when I was ten and thinking like it's a sci-fi geeky thing. Gotta watch I... the new one, man. That's a new one with Dude. Jeff Bridges. I know, but I'm forty-four years old, married with three kids. I catch movies two years later <laughs> on Netflix or like a plane. Like I have like I don't I don't see this stuff, right? So maybe I should watch. But if they but like it's such an interesting audience out there of people who believe already in this tron concept right and whatever that and somehow if they can connect the story of the tron platform to two things one the story of tron itself which i don't know how they do that and also the owners think crypto kitty crypto kitties or whatever those rare pepe things are but tron co- digital collectibles on the tron platform you have a natural market market for your first set of products and i'm like that's like he didn't go to that length, but I started to think about that. I'm like, well, that's like just crazy enough that it might work. And I was like, okay, so I actually bought some Tron the other day too for that exact reason. There you go. All right, I, guess, boat with me. I haven't checked, so I must be up. But I didn't put is a that money. is that worth seventeen billion dollars? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't oh think God. that's worth seventeen Corey billion dollars. Raining on our parade. Get out of here, Corey. Worth, We're making money, Jeremy. <laughs> $170 billion. What are you talking about? Jesus. Nothing. It's not worth 17 billion. Well, wait a second. Where Maybe. was it? Maybe it is. I don't know. Like, I, in What's terms of like... Right now? What's the price of Tron right now? A price of Tron is 25 almost $26 cents at oh the time God. of recording. What, what and... Was on, yeah. What was it on it's like... up 128%. On what seven days. The seven-day oh. seven price increase is 128%. At, no, that's 24 hours. Yeah, what? 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah, 24 hours. I finally yeah. picked a winner. Woohoo! Wait a second. So, I think I bought Tron. Shit, I don't even remember. Like, I think maybe like Monday or Tuesday. So, oh, well, you're up. Yeah. You're up a lot. You're up a lot. For no reason. <laughs> and no, here's the thing. Because it's 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 Tron. That's why, dude. Here's the thing. Uh, here's my here's the problem I have with a lot of this is that okay. I respect the capital and marketing. Heavily. I respect trying to connect the ideology of what your project is trying to do to the people who align with that ideology. I do not respect people artificially manipulating the emotions of other people to wholesale them, bring them onto projects that they probably aren't aligned with so that they're left holding the bag when things hit the fucking fan. And that's what's going to happen. Of course, dude, because 98% of marketers are terrible. And, you know... You're right. I, I, it's 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 like it's one of the most embarrassing things. About, it's why my profession has a bad name. Same thing with sales. Like you are so right. Like it's not even funny how right you are. And it's but it's an unfortunate consequence of this particular stage in history. Because remember, we're in that. You go back to that Carlotta Perez, Joel Manegro at USV gave me this book like two years ago. He told me to buy the book like two years ago. It is not a simple or easy read. It is super dense. But once you read it, you're like, oh, wow, I have context. We're going through the eruption phrase right now. There's going to be the crash. And then it's going to start going into like that integration sort of deployment phase. Fine. 
keep your eye on the fact on the bigger scroll out go to coinbase do the do the, go at the hour and go across from hour to day to week to month to year to all time bitcoin chart and you're like just keep your mind on that progression because on a day-to-day -day basis you'll shoot yourself on a week-to-week -week yeah. basis shoot yourself if you look year over year and all time you're like i'm good so keep that in mind man right now this is a blip this is like a a small blip in what's going to be a 20-year play so yes there are going to be people who scam yes there are going to be people making money on absolute total shit coins sorry my kids are around here somewhere so i'm gonna curse too loud right <laughs> but one day you'll understand right cello so, knows <laughs> oh yeah, cello. yeah so so basically it's annoying and you don't like those guys but you know what most of those guys are gonna and gals are gonna blow up okay and it might and it's painful to watch in the short term because you're like that's just not right that's not cool you're not doing this for the reason whatever it's gonna come the reckoning will happen they're gonna be wrecked you know and that's you know and not that i wish ill upon someone but just remember dude like i've seen this before and some people who are doing it for the wrong reason are going to make a lot of money you know and some yeah. people are going to scam people okay but that's the price we pay in order to drive the mission forward because without this massive craziness right now you're not going to get enough talent attention and all the stuff that you're going to need you said it before they're not enough developers but you know what if you're a developer who wasn't in crypto you're in crypto now you know and that's a good thing and yeah. you get those people and you're not you may not be a, a phd or a computer science or an ai person or a marketer a good marketer you know or any of these people who are like i didn't even know but now i'm going in you're going to bring higher quality people because they're going to get like it's like shiny new objects i'm like we're all we can't we can't no one cannot pay attention to the fact that these returns are so like something's happening here what it is ain't exactly clear bubble buffalo springfield type stuff you're like Maybe I should get into this obviously growing industry. Why? Because I'd like to feed my family. I like to buy a house and all the stuff that we care about. And maybe I want to get rich too. Fine. Okay. And that's going to bring in a lot of the quality. And then we'll, that will help the entire mission that you, the three of us, and I think everybody who listens to this podcast is on, which is, yes, it's cool to be make money and all that stuff. And I want to do all the things that are good. But at the end of the day, it's about the decentralization crypto revolution and in order to get to there, we have to go through here. And it's painful to watch. And you feel like an idiot because some hippie in Santa Fe is doing better on the coin market cap than you are who've been doing this all day, every day for two years. But you know what? Who said life had to be fair? Love it. I think that's a great way to end this episode. Of course, we're going to hit you with the same question we hit you with you every time. And I hope that I, I like to see the progression of your answer because I don't think you're prepared for these. It's all about Tron. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with the what is blockchain in 10 words or less. What? Do I have to do this every time? Every time. Uh, blockchain is a... Wait a second. It's 10 words. Oh, you should be a pro at this. I know. One more time. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the more I study this, the less I actually think I understand. That's, that's the point. Yeah. Like I want to see how you change over time. Because I, I know you don't remember what you said last time. I don't I remember what you said last time. I don't time, remember so. what I did yesterday. So it's fine. So I'm like <laughs> – I, I would say like um, blockchain enables the – enables – 
asset tokenization with like god this is hard um <laughs> with universal trust to unleash innovation that's 10 words hit it with hit it with 10 words all right you did yeah. it <laughs> i don't know if it made it sense but it was 10 words well, we'll record it. We're making. We're gonna make a bunch of like little storybooks of all of our kind of uh, leading ideas and and recurring people come on the show. So you'll definitely be one of them. Uh, I feel like I just we just pumped the Tron token. That's good. We don't care. Okay? We, we're doing y'all. Pump y'all are holders. Pump. You're good to go. <laughs> we talked about. I'm bailing now. I'm up like eight gajillion percent. It's time to bail. Like let's. Yeah, time to sell. Exactly. All right. Uh, I'm not gonna stop until I'm on your key list of players in the crypto marketing space. So I'm going to up my game. I'm going to make that list. Wait, on my blog or my... Yeah, you gave a list of key players uh, in the marketing space, oh, Stellar, all those people. Dude, dude I'm make that people, list. The reason why they're on the list is those are the people who are writing in my ebook. Uh, okay, well, then they said and a few more, so I need to... I'll well, work that's my way I up. just... No, no, I, yeah. I just list everybody <laughs> contributed. That's all. It was like eight o'clock in the morning on New Year's Day. And I just taken a red eye, so I was like, "Whatever." But the whole point of that: Are we still recording? Yep. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna include that in the show notes and and yeah, no, all the good stuff. So I'm I'm right. I'm basically what this book is going to be about is so the if you think about this is the third book I've sort of published in the blockchain crypto space. The first one was this blockchains in the mainstream, which a year ago when Bitcoin was like seven hundred and Ethereum was like seven bucks, we're like, okay, what's it going to take? And that's what people pontificated. So we were all wrong, but we solved the problem because everyone knows what blockchains are now. Yay. Whatever. It's not because of the book, but we'll take credit for it anyway. Right. The second thing is back in July is when I um, published the CMO primer for the age of blockchains. Right. So it was more designed towards traditional marketers, but to help them understand short term, how's this new technology going to make your things more efficient and faster? Long term, what are the new blockchain native or de- de- crypto native um, business models that are going to emerge that are going to be existential threats to your business. You should be aware of those, right? Um, don't say I didn't tell you it was coming. And then number three is to say, okay, if you're a decentralized startup, right now it's all this mania, but at the end of the day is you have an existing competitor and that existing competitor is a centralized incumbent, right? Someone is spending their time and money on the centralized alternative to what you're offering, okay? Now, most people are not early adopters. They're not like, hey, let me go try. Like, think, I, I watched a friend of mine who is pretty technologically savvy. He was a VP with me at Sprinkler. Like, the guy knows technology. We were on the train in New York the other day, and like, he was telling me how stupid he felt that I told him to buy Bitcoin a year and a half ago, and he didn't do it. That I've had that story like 150 times, whatever, 1,500,000 times, whatever. So he says, Jeremy, I'm going to buy it now. So he, he logs on to Coinbase. So we're taking the train from D.C. to New York. He logs on to Coinbase basically in Philadelphia, which is like a 90, 100-minute ride to New York, right? Over the course of those next 90 to 100 minutes, he still had not completed the process of setting up his Coinbase account. He had to call the bank, Bank of America. He had to, like, hold up his uh, ID to get verified, but it wasn't working, whatever. He had to do some sort of authorization. His wife actually texted him and said, how come it, how is it, how come is it, how come is it that you haven't logged into our bank account at any point in the last year, but now that you're sitting on a train with Jeremy, you have? And he's like, is it mean you're actually going to buy Bitcoin now, finally? And I was like, 
whoa! Like she, she texted him out of blue because she got an alert that he logged into Bank of America. She's on point. She knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, look, I never deal with it. Like I make the money, my wife manages the money. That's the partnership. So he didn't even know. So she's like, but again, it took him a hundred minutes just to set up his Coinbase account. He wasn't even done. And this is a motivated buyer. Okay, totally motivated. But it was so difficult for him to get there. So what is that? Why is that important? The reason why it's important now is if you want to get the huge number of people to engage in your platform, if you make it a very like tough, friction-filled process, most people, because they're lazy and inertia and they're just too busy with their lives, are like, I don't have time for this, right? I'll do it later, which is half the reason why they don't do it when you first tell them about it. It's like, it's too hard, right? Okay, so... Given that, if you're a decentralized project, you have to focus on how do I make it as frictionless as possible to get more people into my platform, you owning my token, holding my token, and all that stuff as fast as possible, like the Tron guys. It's great to say it. It has to, the Tron on ramp has to be super simple. It has to be like a slip and slide, right? Okay. Now, in order to get that, to make that happen, you need to understand what are the things that these people care about and what are the things that um, they look for in a frictionless experience. And I'll give you a hint. It's not what you think it is because you're not the market. It's what you, you guys have a very high threshold for technological friction because you guys are early adopters and you've been in Bitcoin for three years when it was like really nasty. Okay. So you're not the person. So you have to understand the only way you can understand what they're doing is by asking them, but you have to ask people at scale. That's basically what marketing does. But here's the challenge part. The question then is how do you, um, get all of these people to become aware of your service or your, or sorry, your, your token um, in an environment where they're naturally inclined to kind of do what they're doing. And, you know, there, there's so much noise. And oh, by the way, your centralized incumbent competitor has uh, their attention, has their, you know, has more money, more resources, except for unless you're Ripple, then you have more money than God. But everybody else, you know, Facebook has more money than the decentralized Facebook and all the way down, right? So, and more sort of the habits ingrained. So the way you do that is you have to go, I think, is you have to um, figure out a way to outmarket them, okay? But you're not going to be able to outmarket them by um, doing exactly what they do banners and keywords and you know all that and email like they are optimized for that so you need to figure out a way to do it new and here's what i think you do what you want to do is you say okay how do i embed program the the token and the blockchain itself the network itself to um incentivize not just sort of the acquisition of the token but the distribution of the token to more and new people. How do I get Jeremy, who got Bitcoin five years ago or whatever, how do I incentivize him to go and get everybody who knows and say, here, I'm giving to you. Like, for example, I, I went to a friend's birthday party the other day, like we went go-karting or whatever. And I was like, how cool would it be if I could give him like an Ethereum gift card, like a Starbucks gift card? I wanted to, right? And I wanted to give him, you have one back there. That's cool. What is that? Ether yeah. cards. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. But They're I literally to... gift cards for either. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted it to do it for Zcash also, but I couldn't do that. But the point is, like, I should be able to load it in. He takes the Ether gift card, downloads an app, bang, he's up and running, like super frictionless possible. And now he's a new member of that network. So how do you incentivize me to kind of seamlessly transfer a little bit of token? And then, oh, by the way, get rewarded 
by the blockchain for having, you know, increased the number of token holders out there. I think there's this idea of a decentralized marketing organization where you get it, you make it as easy as possible for your existing token holders to go out and execute marketing activities that acquire new token holders, rewards them for doing it well, and increases the size of the network as quickly as possible and doing it through a community that's motivated naturally to do it and by giving them what are the things that you say, both the emotional and the logical stuff to stimulate that word of mouth. Like if you can do that, then you have a much more agile, much more um, kind of like um, responsive marketing entity that's decentralized that can respond to these changing needs in the marketplace as fast as possible. That will give you, and, and what you have with blockchain and smart contracts and governance and all this stuff is you have the ability to hard code or sort of code that stuff directly into the token itself because it's programmable, right? That's really, really powerful. That's what, and I, it sounds cool. It's like 30 years away potentially. That's what this book is exploring. So I'm putting together like 35 pages. I'm like, what could this look like? We still have to do the marketing we have to do today, but what could this look like? And oh, by the way, here are 15 different people from different projects who are thinking about this kind of stuff. And we're just doing this to try to help everybody think a little bit differently. Like we have to outmarket our competition. Can we leverage the inherent capabilities of this technology to do that better, faster, and cheaper than our centralized competitors? Here's some ways that it might work. It's let's explore it, let's discuss it. And over time, we can help each other become better. But that becomes a competitive advantage. At least that's the hypothesis. I'm now at the point in my writing where I'm I'm 100% convinced that I'm either an absolute total freaking genius or the absolute dumbest person on the planet. And I can't figure out which one it is. Zero middle ground, one or the other. No, nothing in between. <laughs> All right. I, I got I got your next book figured out when this one uh, when you're because it's already written. You've What's been on that? the show four times. We could package up, you know, Jeremy's thoughts 2017 to 2018. Boom. We can transcribe it. You know, I mean, it's already written. You got three hours of content there. Dude, you're very you're very generous. You guys are great. I, I love this. Is one of my favorite podcasts. I don't say that to all the girls, by the way. Well, I do, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still a marketer. I got to do that, right? So. I love Conus because I love how deeply you guys understand the space. I love the way that you guys ask questions. I love the challenging because like none of us actually know what the hell is going on. I could be totally wrong. And, and it's through like that people who really study it that, you know, you start to get a better sense of what's happening. So I just want to say it's, 2000, it's beginning of the year, 2018. I'm very grateful to you guys for having given me the opportunity to come on your show four times. That's really cool. Do I get like a, some sort of star like stickers on my helmet, like in college football? Maybe we, we should have like that. a leader oh, yeah. a leaderboard on our on our yeah. site of like all yeah, the people yeah. that have like come on the show. Live five timer jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we could get that or something like that. Um, but I'm just very grateful to you guys for the opportunity, and I'm also grateful to you for the service that I think you do to the larger crypto community by doing this pretty much. What episode number is this for you guys anyway? 176. You know what that is? That's a commitment to never stop marketing right there. Like that is, most people don't realize the marketing is the day in, day out execution. It's never stop marketing. It's not, this is not a company, man. It's a mantra and a way of life. So I, you actually, you know what? You should be in that ebook because you never stop marketing. Because you're doing it. You're doing 177 podcasts. 
That's my, like, my day. Our day jobs are crypto too. Right. Exactly. You are. All <laughs> they weren't when we started. That's for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like that's dedication, man. And I'm telling you, like, keep doing it every day in and out. And yes, you have to tweak and understand what works. And I know we've had those conversations and we'll continue to have those conversations about, and I think you should continue to ask your audience, like, dude, what can we do to add more value? How can we sort of capture some of that value and then reinvest it back in the unit? Like if we're giving you 10,000, you know, 10 ether worth of value, it's nothing wrong to say it'd be cool to capture like 0.5 or 0.1 or one or whatever it is. Like, what do you think we should do? And, and I'm telling you, people will give you ideas that you probably haven't realized. So like, that's where I say to the audience, like, guys, you know what? We'd love to figure out a way to monetize this. And when you're adding so much value, people are not, they actually want to pay you. Like, and they want to give you their money because they're like, dude, it's like tipping. It's like, I really appreciate what value you've done. And I think what, for you guys, you add a ton of value. You have a great group of people who are listening who I think appreciate it. And I think you ask them like, and then, and hopefully there's no one still listening now because I've been going on for like an hour. But in theory, <laughs> if they're still listening, if they, if you're still listening, we've got some Tron for you. Just kidding, we're not giving away, <laughs> we're not giving away Tron to anybody. We're holding Tron. We will definitely we take it though. Us. We'll take your Tron if you want to give it to well, us. Yeah, yeah, I'll take some of that. Here's our Tron address. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the hell that does. Whatever Tron is, we will use it, even though we don't know how to use it. Exactly. All right. Well, that's a, that's that's a, that's how we're going to end this show today. Uh, Jeremy, thanks for coming on. We always love having Thank you. Thank you, sir. And uh, okay. we'll be talking Got to you soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Litecoin doubled in one day a couple of weeks ago. I think it's up 7,000% this year. I'm going to call it a craze, and I don't mean that in a negative way. How do you think this all ends? Sam Khaled, I got crypto keys. Invest in money just to get more cheese. You paying taxes, I don't get no fees. Them coins stacking, I got chips on me. I got coin like Mario. Pump it, turn up the audio. This that digi dollar flow. This the shit you just gotta know. You can't read them knots, nigga. Ain't what I prefer to do. Hot spitter, that ain't the currency I'm referring to. I'm talking Bitcoin, getting fast. Top yo, the narrow. Trap niggas, turn your stash box to Monero. If you watch your hustling, homie, yo. It all is ripple, put a ripple in my central bank budget. Ponzi schemes, promising payoffs, turn me way off. We don't fuck with Big Connect, that's that Bernie Madoff. Sucker, Sam Khaled, I got crypto keys. Invest in money just to get more cheese. You paying taxes, I don't get no fees. Them coins stacking, I got chips on me. I got that digital gold. I got that digital gold. I got that digital gold.
Bill Khaled, I got crypto keys. Investing money just to get more cheese. You paying taxes, I don't get no fees. Them coins stacking, I got chips on me. I got that digital gold. 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 I got that digital gold.